what has made me more powerful in selling often the surprising ways in which people that I get connected to are connected to people who need me. Mm. And so when I think about making sales social, it really, I find that the more indiscriminate I am about who I connect to, who I add value to, who I ask for help from, it's astonishing how powerful uh, that behavior is. Welcome to the Making Sales Social Podcast, featuring the top voices in sales and marketing. Join hosts Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick as they discuss the best tips and strategies they are teaching their clients so you can leverage them for your own virtual and social selling. Here are your hosts, Bryn Tillman and Bill McCormick. Hey, welcome to Making Sales Social. I'm Bill McCormick. I'm Bryn Tillman. So Bryn, who's joining us today? So I am really excited. If you've been watching kind of Making Sales Social, I keep throwing in this clubhouse thing because... <laughs> I am obsessed with Clubhouse for lots of reasons, but one of them is how we got our guest today, Aaron, and I'll introduce him in one second. But, you know, I think, you know, we live in this little bubble, right, in our world, and and we see the things we see, and we learn the things we learn. And then when we step outside our bubble, all of a sudden, there are these aha moments that you learn, and you go, wow, there are a lot of other bubbles out there, right, that I want to explore. And Aaron gave me a couple of like mic drop aha moments on engaging with your prospects, new clever ways he'll share, and how to build a culture uh, around that. And so I'm really excited. Aaron, please welcome to the show and please introduce yourself and tell everyone about you. All right. Well, thanks for having me. Uh, and I also love Clubhouse. It, uh, I'm finding it, it's like a networking uh, on steroids and mm. network development on steroids because I'm developing relationships there so quickly, so profoundly. It's really been astonishing. Uh, I'm Aaron Schmuckler. I'm a co-founder of a company called The Yes Works. What we do is we have a process that we bring to leaders and their teams we call teamification because we've all been in groups of people that were not necessarily all that much more than the sum of their parts. What we do is we help ensure that the environment and the environment includes things like policies, procedures, signs on the wall, uh, management structure, uh, the environment supports effective teaming, and that so do behaviors, the tools, the habits, the mindsets of the people on the team. That's what we do. I can't wait to hear more about that. But Bryn, what were you going to say? No, so, you know, it's interesting. Well, and, and I can't wait for him to share some of the ways that he's bringing people together from outside organizations to brainstorm on this stuff. Like, I'm just excited for this conversation. <laughs> I really am. Ask well, the, the first question. The first question we asked all of our guests, Aaron, is what does making sales social mean to you? Well, I had I had what I thought I was going to say. I'm not going to say that. Uh, instead, you know, as as I think about, for example, my time on Clubhouse and the number of rooms that I'm spending uh, time in, and rooms are topical. For those of you who aren't familiar with Clubhouse, uh, you know, you go into a room about leadership, or you might go into a room about uh, excellent parenting, or you might go into a room about why is Clubhouse uh, doing what it's doing? There are lots of rooms. Anything you can imagine, there are rooms about it. And I'm spending a lot of time in rooms that I don't necessarily have expertise in, uh, rooms that I'm learning from, 
I'm also spending time in rooms with people who have powerful networks. Mm -hmm. And so when it comes to making sales social, and I think back on the seven year history of my company, what has made me more powerful in selling are sometimes, uh, and I'll change that actually too often, the surprising ways in which people that I get connected to are connected to people who need me. Mm. And so when I think about making sales social, it really, I find that the more indiscriminate I am about who I connect to, who I add value to, who I ask for help from, it's astonishing how powerful that, uh, that behavior is. There's a, if you'll pardon me for one more, one more sentence or two, uh, there's a guy named Jordan Harbinger who has an absolutely, absolutely uh, fantastic podcast called the Jordan Harbinger show. Uh, and he used to be an attorney and one of the most important people in his firm essentially was a lawyer who did not practice law. He went out and he played golf and he hung out in bars and he just brought contacts into the firm. And this guy was the rainmaker, not because he was going out and looking for business, but because he was going out and making connections. So there's a long-winded answer to a short question. It, and it totally aligns with everything that we believe, right? You're, I mean, this is not us. We've heard this a minute, but your network is your net worth, right? As you grow, you know, the connections that and in Bob Berg's world, you know, the the no people do business with people they know, like, and trust. Social, uh, we say to get to know on social, you have to attract, teach, and engage. Mm. So there's a precursor that social has that gets you to that no. And and I love that. And LinkedIn and Clubhouse are doing that. So I I, I really want to hear more about teamification. You know, I, I remember coming out of the uh, public service world where we were we worked in teams. Uh, I was a, a 911 dispatcher, and you know the joke was, you know, there's no I in team, but there's two in idiot. Um, so, but that's that's from that world. So tell me a little bit about teamification and and our listeners about teamification, what that means, what you're doing with folks with that. Well, uh, as is my want, I'll, I'll answer maybe a little piece of that and, um, or even answer something adjacent to it uh, and say that there's a lot of conventional wisdom out there that really interferes with effective teaming. Some of that conventional wisdom, you just said, there's no I in team. And you know the, the research out of Google, the research out of so many places says that it's when we bring I into the team that we really make our greatest contribution. Mm -hmm. So there is no selfishness in team. And if you're not fully owning who you are, if you're not fully owning your uniqueness, then you're not making the full contribution that you could. Mm -hmm. One of the principles, and there are eight principles of, of teamification. One of the principles that we uh, train our clients in is we call be obvious. And one of the things that's, that's Im implicit in be obvious is nothing goes without saying. Another piece of that is what's obvious to you is not necessarily what's obvious to me and vice versa. So, you know, there's, a, there's this story that at first I thought was apocryphal. It turns out to be true of a semi truck going under a bridge and getting wedged under the bridge. And, you know, the, 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 tr the truck is, is done, right? The, that trailer is demolished and what the, the tow truck driver and the driver and the cops and the, uh, and the structural engineers are all trying to figure out is how do we get this truck out without further damaging the bridge? And it's a 10-year-old kid who says, why don't you let the air out of the tires? 
So what's obvious to you is not necessarily what's obvious to me. Uh, and so if we don't bring I to the team, then we're really, we're really uh, shortchanging the team. And we're also shortchanging ourselves because we don't, we never really fully relax. We never really feel like we belong. Uh, Brene Brown says that the opposite of belonging is fitting in. Oh, I hadn't heard her say that. Isn't that wonderful? That is. And, and you know, we're, we're talking to yeah. mainly salespeople who are, who are listening to this from large sales teams to small sales, sales teams to entrepreneurs. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but in the sales world, we're kind of taught to, to fit in. There's a sales process that we're taught and we're taught to follow that sales process. Don't deviate from that sales process because it's been tested and it's true. And so we're supposed to fit in. So what are some of the things that you teach sales teams and teamification to, to, to bring their, their, their eye to the table? Have a sales process, require that people adhere to it, make it loose, right? It's not sales on rails, it's sales with a map. I think about an email that I received just a few minutes before we got on together from a client. You know, this is uh, the COO of a company that I've been working with. I've been working most directly with the CEO. So I haven't had any conversations with the COO except in the training room. And uh, there are a couple of people that he's connected to on LinkedIn that I would love to meet. I think of him as a busy guy. I don't have his personal phone number. So uh, what did I do? I followed my process. I put together a little list of people that I'd like to meet. I sent him an email that I hoped was warm. And uh, he responded back with, oh, I'm so glad to make these introductions for you. And also gave me the note that it kind of, that my email to him was kind of formulaic and seemed a little sterile. And he would have preferred to have that be a phone call or a, or a Zoom meeting. And so, you know, I can keep following my formula if I want to, or I can bring I more into the process because I would always rather have a conversation, even as an introvert. I would, I would rather have a conversation than send an email that may be received as cold. Uh, and so that was a lesson for me to go ahead and take up the, you know, as they say, take up the space to uh, ask him for a few minutes of his time in real time, even perhaps telegraph, hey, the reason that I want this time is that there are a few people that you're connected to that exactly. I'd like to know. Um, and then, yeah, ask for the time. And so- uh, And don't send the list of names yet. Exactly. Right? Review them when you're together and get real-time responses. I love you know, it. Oh, this guy would be great. I don't remember her. Maybe him and talk through it. Much Which I've done that. so many times. Mm. And, uh, you know, and then I, and then I don't want to be a bother. So, you know, when, when you ask, uh, uh, if I can come back to what, the, you know, your question and kind of <laughs> almost put a bow on it, it's stay tuned into what works for you what works for your prospects, what works for this prospect, right. because your sales process may or may not jive with their buying process. Mm -hmm. And if you're not ready to be flexible, then guess what? You're not going to make the sale right? and they aren't going to benefit from what you have to offer. You that's the authentic willing... insight. Yeah. That's the, yeah, right? That's, like... that's what it, that's what it's about. And often and I've been saying it for the last few weeks now, on making sales social, social, you know, we have a we have a sales process, but our buyers have a buying process, and that's what we really need to to mold ourselves to. And and so I love the idea of 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 bringing myself to the situation, but then realize that 
that that's not a number that's on the other side of the screen or on the other side of the table or on the other side of the phone. It's an actual real person mm -hmm. and, and they have needs and wants. I, I think back to a client that we had who older gentleman who was a chef that was in a marketing role. So just not a great fit, but hated email, hated the website, hated text message. This is what he wanted. Bill, would you just pick up the phone and call me? I'll tell you anything I want to know. And that's not something I did regularly in, in the role I was in. And so once we were able to make that need and, and him and I met in that place, you know, think about teamification, you're really having teamwork with your clients. Mm -hmm. Exactly I'm right. curious how that comes into play with what you teach. A hundred percent because they're relationships. I mean, if, if you're selling widgets, you know, if you're selling commo a commodity, well, then good luck to you. Find a way to make it not a commodity. And that, that's a whole other conversation because you can still, you can still form great relationships. But essentially, I, I don't remember who it was who said something to the effect of stop closing business and start opening relationships. Yeah. You I know, think that's and, a Jeffrey Gittimer, one of the Jeffrey Gittimer, I you know, so. uh, uh, people don't like to be sold, but they like to buy. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, the things that work in the relationships to make a team more than the sum of its parts are also the things that make a sales relation, a sales relationship work. Uh, and a sales relationship, I, I put quotes around it because I don't have sales relationships with, with anybody that is ever going to get my business a second time right? Unless they luck out a second time. The guy who sold me my last car, he may have, he may get to have another, another sale from me because he was extraordinary and he really provided value that was unlike anything I've ever had from a, from a uh, salesperson. Uh, by the way, uh, Steve at, uh, at Lexus of Tacoma in Washington. Um, and I don't mind saying his name because he right. was, you know, I know that if you go to Steve at Lexus in Tacoma, you're going to get an awesome experience. And I want that for you. And I want it for me again. So if you're not collaborating in the sale, then you might luck out and get today's business. And that's it. That's interesting. And, and we want to build raving fans. You know, to the same point, I bought a car in October. I don't remember his name, nor would I ever ask for him again. And that, you know, I, he didn't do a terrible job, but he didn't wow me. I never heard from him again. Um, so I think that's a really interesting perspective. You know, are six you wowing? years ago. This was six wow. years ago. Wow. Wow. Steve at Lexus of Tacoma. And and I'll tell you, we 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 leased a car um five years ago now. Our first lease, the sales met rep was great. It was a, a Toyota dealer who doesn't pay commission to their reps. So we liked that because it wasn't high pressure went back did a lease again got a different rep and um i just went back recently because we moved so we're out of the area and so i sat down with her just to talk about how this was going to work and this is how she talked to me she she would look at her foot she was not giving me any attention and i i, I just said hey okay great thanks and walked out and i said to my wife we're going to go somewhere else be, be and good. she might have lucked out if she had exactly what you needed right and you think of her as uh, a barrier you have to get through to well, get to what you need. At that point, all I was looking for was some information and that seemed to be a bother to her. And so if you're not willing to, to, to give me some information, then, then you don't deserve it. And I'll say that to all the salespeople that are listening, you know, just because it may not let at, at end in a sale or lead to a sale right now, doesn't mean that it's not gonna be beneficial down the road. 
And, and to, to the point of what we're talking about, you, we have to look at our clients not as adversaries or not as another team to beat, but we have to look that they're on the same team as we are. We're trying to reach the same goal, which is to bring our product, our service to them so that they're better, so that they're better at whatever they're doing to help their clients. At, and I think that's really the moral of the mm-hmm. story here. I was, uh, if you don't mind, if I'd respectfully disagree with you, uh, because you've got an agenda now. If if the if the common goal, uh, if I come into a sales uh, into a sales conversation with the, mm-hmm. with my expectation that the common goal mm-hmm. is to put you in a new car today, mm-hmm. right? Right. Then that objective will bleed through in the tiny little micro expressions, the tiny little changes of words that you may use. If your objective is, I want what's best for you, and I want to learn about you, and I want to compare your needs to what I have to offer, and then I want to add value. And maybe that's by by telling you that you really should join us. Uh, and maybe it's by saying, this isn't for you, actually. Right. Maybe you should talk mm-hmm. to Jerry. And one of the things we talk about, and I, and I actually think that really aligns with us at the core, is to detach from what the client is worth to us and attached to what we are worth to the client. Right. And so that's like a core value statement of our whole company. Um, And, you know, to treat the $29 a month membership client the same way we would the $25,000 a month corporate training client, that there is no differentiating that the, the, the money value does not create the value of the human being. Wow. So th- this is great. I, I think we're going to have to have you back, Aaron, to talk about the other seven principles. Really, really got into, <laughs> Maybe into we'll do this. a master class. Yeah, I, I, I think can go through them all really fast. <laughs> really, really good. Um, but we, actually, we need to wrap up. So um, if you could tell everyone, how can they stay in touch with you and connect mm-hmm. with you? If you have an offer for them, I think that there's a referral uh, getting guide that you have that's available. Yeah, I, I do have a referral getting guide. I may, I'd be happy to send you the PDF. Uh, I am the only Aaron Schmuckler on LinkedIn, and there it is on my on my screen right there. So uh, if you look for Aaron Schmuckler on LinkedIn, even if you look for Schmuckler, you will find me uh, and uh, feel free to reach out. Let me know that this is where you found me so that you don't just seem like some kind of random person asking to, to connect with me. Uh, you can also find me at theyesworks.com, uh, where, uh, which is kind of my home on the web. Fantastic. This well, thank great. You. We'll put all of those resources and the links to those resources in the show notes so that you can get them. So Aaron, thank you so much for being with us and all of you that are watching and listening. Thanks so much for watching us. And as you're going about your week this week, don't forget to make your sales social. Bye guys. Bye everyone. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and join us again for more special guest instructors bringing you marketing, sales training, and social selling strategies that will set you apart. Don't forget to subscribe to get the latest episodes from the Making Sales Social podcast. Leave a review down below. Tell us what you think, what you learned, and what you want to hear from us next. You can also listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, and Google Play. Visit our website, socialsaleslink.com, for more information.